back. This is Cassandra. And I'm Carmi. And this is Too Good to Be True. And this week, I'm going to be talking about something that has been in the news like the last couple months. It is a woman whose name is Corey Richens. And she is from Utah. And... This is like an ongoing investigation. Like it's currently. Yeah, because it kind of just came out not that long ago. Yeah. So anything that I say just is subject to change. Take it with a grain of salt. Because, well, first of all, it's all alleged. You know, she hasn't been proven guilty or anything yet. It hasn't even went to trial. They've had many hearings, but they haven't even went to trial yet. Yeah, it's usually a while before you get to trial. Um, I mean, they have so much discovery and stuff to do, and not only that, I mean, the court systems are so backed up everywhere. Yes, this is true. We'll have an update at some point, I'm sure. So, yeah, there will be an update in the future once um, the trial happens. Um, Corey is a mother of three boys, Married to Eric Richens. Corey is 33. Eric was 39. They were married for nine years. She is a realtor. Or was, I should say. No, I hope they're not letting her still go. I don't think she's doing it anymore. Um, yeah. She also was like flipping houses and selling those homes so like that's a little bit extra f- than just being a regular you know realtor or whatever i feel like a lot of them get into but that. i do feel like a lot of people do get into that that are already realtors and by the way don't buy a flipped house you know don't do it because they all do shoddy work they do quick fixes they're trying to get it done as fast as possible and then put it on yeah. the market yeah, it beats their profit so don't I mean, don't do it we're kind of like gonna go um, in the beginning part here. I'm gonna go from like year to year things that happened or that came out that people had noticed. Mm-hmm. So between 2016 and 2017, Corey purchased four separate life insurance policies totaling almost two million dollars on her husband, according to court documents. Mm, that's how suspicious. Yeah. Stating that Eric knew nothing about the policies. So she took them out without him even knowing. How can we even do that? Why is that even a thing that's allowed? I don't know. You should have to... But it probably should retreat. If it's for you, if you're not incapacitated in some way, you should have to sign for your life insurance and maybe you do and maybe she forged them i don't know that's the only thing i can think of is that she must have done there's something that comes up towards the end that we'll talk about and that's possibly something that is involved in that so i don't know september 2020 eric had discovered that Corey went and got a $250,000 home equity line of credit on their home without him of course at this time, she had also withdrawn 100000 from his bank account and spent more than 30000 using his credit cards. On what? Now, they are married. She probably was on the accounts also. I don't know. Right. But she's just 
living it up. You know what I mean? Just, do you know what? She spent the time it was funding. I don't know. I have no idea what any of that was spent on. I'm on. It is also alleged that Richin stole money from the business that Eric ran with a partner by saying that she was taking the money to pay for federal and state quarterly taxes and then just not paying them. Oh, so that's what you want. <laughs> and that stolen money totaled around $134,346. So either she's a complete dumbass and doesn't think that they're going to catch on to the fact that she has not paid taxes, or she's already hatched the plan to murder him to use the insurance money to catch back up. To get everything up. Yeah, probably. Probably the latter. <laughs> when confronted about the money, Corey tells him that she'll pay it back. Yeah, like, I will get it back to you somehow. Whatever. And clearly, they were already having trouble in their marriage, from what I gather. She tried to say that he was cheating, and that's why he took all the precautions and did all the things that I'm going to talk about in a minute here. She tried to accuse him of that, like cheating, and that she was gonna, he was going to leave her for someone else. But I, I personally feel that that's not the case. Yeah, I mean, no, you, everyone can make their own judgments when we're done with this. I mean, even if he was, okay, if he was cheating, then then break up. You don't mm -hmm. steal hundreds of thousands of dollars because somebody was cheating. Right. I don't personally feel that he would have done the things that he did and stayed in the relationship if he was cheating. Just my opinion. October 2020, Eric consults a divorce, a divorce, okay, <laughs> why does this happen to us, like, a divorce lawyer, as well as an estate planning lawyer. He also changed his will and formed a living trust and an estate under the control of his sister, Katie Richens Benson. He even took it, like, one step further and transferred his interest in his business to the trust and designated the trust as the beneficiary of his $500,000 life insurance policy. And, and that makes sense. had on him. That makes sense, because if, if he's got the trust in control of it and his sister's the trustee, then that means Corey can't do shit. Yes, and from what I gather, he was doing all these things because... He himself was in fear of her doing something. Yeah, I I didn't, I mean, I didn't go, you know, deep into it as we have. I knew one of us was going to end up doing this at some point. And when right. I saw you put it on the calendar, I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. And, but I had read initially when it happened and I was, had talked a little bit about it with uh, one of my friends, and she was like, you guys got to do this for your episode. So, Robbie, we're doing it. <laughs> we're, we're doing it, Robbie. And um, I remember reading that he had thought that she had tried to kill him prior to this. Like, yeah, maybe was that poisoning him or something? Yeah, that was some yeah. later on. Um, yeah. So he, he, and honestly, being the type of person that he was, from what I gather from family and friends and whatever he 
still wanted her to be taken care of. He wanted his children to be taken care of if anything happened. And that's why he set all this up the way he did. And it was set up saying that they were to be taken care of, including Corey. Right. It's just he had his sister in charge of the money. And like a a decent person would do that. Even if you do split from the mother of your child, that is still the mother of his child. Yes. And in my opinion, he sounds like he was a good guy. Eric and his masonry business partner also had $2 million life insurance policies that they listed each other as the beneficiaries Okay, as well. And on January 1st of 2022, Corey went and changed that beneficiary to herself. But Eric was alerted of that right away and put his partner back on as the beneficiary. Just, I know it's wild, isn't it? It never, honestly, every time I do these things, it never ceases to amaze me what people will do. Yeah, it's kind of all for money. I mean, yeah, obviously, she wasn't living a horrible life to begin with. They really weren't. They really weren't. They had money. Yeah, I was going to say a masonry business. If you do well at a masonry business, you're set. I mean, come on. She just greed. Straight up greed to to do this stuff. Yeah, I think she just wanted more and more. Do you know what I mean? I think she's just one of those type of people that she already had what she had, but she always wanted more. You know? That's wild to me. I, mean, I don't know. Nothing was ever good enough, I guess. <laughs> Later that month, it is alleged that Corey was behind an application being filed for a new $100,000 life insurance policy on her husband. Why isn't there a limit? I'm not, why can't the insurance companies all I literally and have know. a connected thing where they see how many so policies they see you have? Many are out there, and they're it's like, "No one, that's enough." Then <laughs> this isn't the first time I've heard this because I do watch a lot of documentaries, a lot of you know other things that are true crime related, and this isn't the first time I've seen this. Like, you can take out as many like I've seen right. of course policies. What's her face didn't the one that killed? Uh, Dina Hubbard. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that we did. What the hell was in the beginning? Uh, Virginia something. Yeah. It's it's wild. It's Major near Meriden. Yes. What it was. February 2022, Corey started calling and texting a person in her phone, only known as CL, and asked for some prescription medication for an investor who had a back injury. So I'm guessing it had to do with her. It was supposedly having to do with her, somebody that was through her work or whatever. Because all I know is it said an investor. Obviously, that was a lie. But, you know, <laughs> either way, you can't, you're not supposed to just text people for pain medication. Something's not right there. Yeah, it's not. And it was shown that she contacted this CL several times in January of 2022 also. But the content of those messages has since been deleted. So I don't know if they're finding, they're going to find a way to, because you know how things can always be, you know, right, and dug up, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I know when, if they get your phone records, I know they can see exactly who you sent messages to and at what time, but I don't know how much of it they can actually read. The next time that Corey contacted CL, she asked for fentanyl specifically. All right. All right. That's some strong stuff. 
The CL person told authorities that she got the pills for Corey and hand-delivered 15 to 30 of them to her for $900, either February 11th or 12th, somewhere in there. She was kind of iffy on the time. Then on Valentine's Day, Corey made her husband a special sandwich for lunch. And had I mean, yes, it had a special <laughs> ingredient. <laughs> and pl- had placed it on the seat of his truck with a love note. Eric felt sick after eating it. He broke out in hives and was having difficulty breathing. He used their son's EpiPen to, like, relieve his symptoms. Mm-hmm. But he believed he had been poisoned and even told a friend he thought his wife was trying to poison him. Sir, that's when you're supposed to leave. Yeah. My God. Said, I just, it, so awful. I don't, I definitely don't want a victim blame. It's not his fault. Right. Anyway, that she did what she did. But I just, I, again, I'm not blaming him. I just really wish that people in these situations could see where it's headed, where get out yeah. before. Like, see, it's more, I just feel awful that he, because he could have avoided this, but he didn't because so many people are just kind of blinded by their love for that person. Right. And like I said, he stuck it out. Like, even though he had all these, thoughts feelings whatever he stuck it out he stayed there they were still living in their house together trying to work things out you know well he was trying to work well i mean he was clearly she had other plans (laughs) you know what i mean but it's just wild and about two weeks later again in february of 2022 Richens got in contact with CL once again, stating the pills were not strong enough and she needed her to get some stronger fentanyl. So I wonder if she gave him all of the pills in one go. I wonder if she cried on like 30 fentanyl. The first time I really don't know, but the fact that she was supposedly asking for more, I would assume she used them all, but I really don't. Yeah, I just kind of wonder if she did that or if she was also using it recreationally herself. Because that's a lot of pills, and you would think even if it was a lower dosage, 30 pills of fentanyl is going to kill you. For sure. So I'm not sure what exactly happened that first time, because for sure I want to say they were all used the second time. CL went on to say Corey asked for some Michael Jackson stuff. <laughs> That's what she called it. And he didn't even die from fentanyl. It was like propofol or something, which I don't even know what that is, to be honest with you. I have no idea. I have no context for any of that. I'm not like, you know, I don't follow anything that has anything to do with like pills or prescriptions or like and i'm not like a nurse or a doctor or anything so i don't know and i don't know and i didn't really follow the michael jackson thing i know that he passed away from an overdose and his doctor had prescribed pills i don't know what they were if that's yeah out of my knowledge i never cared that much about celebrity stuff to pay attention yeah i just never really like it's not that i like didn't care i just don't remember much about it you know what i mean but then later, CL said it may have been the f- at the first request for fentanyl that she made that reference. So we don't even know exactly which time it was, but either way. 
cut to March 2022, the day preceding her husband's death, Corey talked to a money lender whom she owed $1.8 million and also had a long telephone conversation with the IRS. So clearly, she's not doing well. They were having some money issues. I don't even know that he was aware of the extent of the what she met him and what was going on, to be truthful. I mean, probably not. A lot of times, these people are very good at hiding what they're doing. Corey owed state and federal back taxes totaling $189,840, and she owed her husband about $514,000, roughly. That's insane. From the money that she had taken more and then told him she would pay it back. Right. So on March 4th of 2022, Eric Richens dies after being found unresponsive in the bedroom of their home. When deputies and EMS arrived, they found Eric Richens on the floor at the foot of the bed. Any attempts to revive him were unsuccessful. Corey said around 9 p.m. she had given him a Moscow mule to drink in celebration of a closing on a house she planned to flip and resell. So, I mean... It's kind of funny that she's literally saying, hey, yeah, I did give him a drink before he went went to bed and, like, woke up dead. You know, didn't even wake up. You know, he, then then he's, you woke up dead. He's just dead. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why she would even, because she's probably, you know, she probably thought, okay, I can get away with it. Because thought it's not saying and trying to make it seem like, it was bad. They shouldn't have any suspicions of her. She's like, yeah, I gave him a drink before he went to bed. I don't have anything to... I have nothing to hide. Yeah. Don't check his blood. The autopsy revealed that Eric had five times the lethal amount of fentanyl in his system. Jesus Christ. Five times. So, like, that is an insane amount. Yeah, she really wanted to make sure she got the job done. The medical examiner called it illicit and not medical grade. Okay, so street drugs. Right. And said that they believed it was ingested orally. So so she crushed it up and put it in the drink. Cut to, she did give him that drink, you know what I mean? It's like, okay. I wonder if it would alter the taste at all because, I mean, I know I've had water with one or two crushed up war taps in it and it didn't alter the taste at all so i don't know i don't know i know that there's some things that you can't taste or smell and then there's other things that you can so it's like i don't know if this specifically is something that would change anything yeah i'm really not sure she said she made the drink and gave it to him in the bedroom where he drank it sitting on the bed like the end of the bed Mm -hmm. but The affidavit said that he had one shot of alcohol and a THC gummy. So there was, like, sometimes differing details on the events of the night. Mm -hmm. She told authorities that she fell asleep in her son's room. Remember, they have three sons. Because one of them was having a night terror. And when she returned to her own bedroom around 3 a.m., she felt her husband and found that he was cold to the touch. So he had been dead for a while because you don't cool off immediately. So I don't know if 
that's true or he had been dead for a while do you know what i mean i don't i she could have just said that do you know what i mean i don't know right this is when she called 911 she stated that she attempted cpr but medical and fire personnel said there was no way that she could have done that because there was a large amount of blood coming from his mouth oh and i don't know what that would have been caused by either i don't know maybe because it was so many pills maybe it does something to your stomach and then you puke up blood i don't know imagine to me that sounds like it wouldn't have been very fun it would have been pretty painful if that's the case yeah you know and i've never heard a drug overdose being great dead she also had told like the investigators the people the police whoever that showed up at the time that she did not know where his medications were because the maid just puts medications in random places what <laughs> like i'm just like why would a why what so are you trying to say the maid fetches every medication you ever need so like when the maid is cleaning if she sees medicine she's just like all oh, right i'm gonna put this one in I'm the gonna... toilet tank yeah this one like she's always like, randomly putting them in weird places like i don't know it just seemed weird I'm this one like I had the cat's food yeah just seemed like so strange to say Walt also claiming her husband had a pain pill addiction in high school, but no substance abuse that she was aware of since then. Did he really? Is there anybody that corroborates I don't that? know if he did or he didn't. How, how, uh, what's the word? How, how handy for her, though, that he just happened to have that addiction. I have heard that, like, he did like to... And this is another thing. If she, like, kind of, like, will say that this is why, like, he had issues, like, this is why she believes that he had abused fentanyl or whatever, because, but how you go from one thing to another, but the thing is, she would say that he did have, he did like to partake in alcohol drinking and THC in any type of form, but so do a lot of people. Yeah. And they don't abuse it. And they don't go from that to fentanyl. Do you know what I mean? God, I hope not, because then I guess uh, that's next in line for me. And we're, I'm like, you can turn drinking alcohol and THC. Not and not over over on fentanyl or any other illicit drug. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it's just a wide gap. Do you know what I mean? From here to here. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. So I don't really think that he was, like, hardcore into anything, but he did like to drink, as some people do, but not in a way where he was, like, an alcoholic. Right. You know what I mean? And he apparently did like to partake in THC also, but I don't think either of that makes you a drug addict. A drug addict. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just kind of wild to even throw that out there. Anyway, early in the investigation, Eric's family told investigators that they believed Corey had killed him, saying he had warned that warned them that if anything happened to him, she was to blame. His sister, Katie Richens Benson, 
went even further telling them that he called her a few years ago from Greece while he and Corey were on a vacation. This is the one that I heard. Telling, <laughs> telling her a drink Corey had handed him made him violently ill. Katie alleged Eric believes Corey had tried to kill him then, or at least poison him, well, probably. And this was like year, like one or two years prior to this whole incident. Do you know what I mean? So, safe to say that plans were being thought about for quite some time, for a while. Right. You know what I mean? On March 6th, just a couple of days after her husband passed, she was alleged to have had a locksmith drill into a safe that Eric had containing between $125,000 to $165,000 in cash. Eric's sister Katie told Richens to leave the safe alone and she became angry and punched her in the face and neck. Jesus, go fall off a bridge, Corey. Seriously. Honestly, yeah. Crazy shit. Oh, I forgot to mention that also the night of all of this stuff going down, she said she left her phone in their bedroom charging she didn't have it with her in the tri in children's bedroom she left it in there but it had appeared that her phone had been locked and unlocked several times and it also showed movement before 911 was even called because you can track all those things right you know what i mean anyway <laughs> sure when this happened the safe incident mm -hmm. sheriff's deputies responded and then eric's attorney also came the or was called for his estate or whatever that he had set up and this is when Corey was informed that her husband had the living trust before this she didn't know okay she she had no clue so how'd that go down <laughs> she was not happy <laughs> she was not happy it has been said that eric made and requested several unusual highly unusual provisions to his estate plan according to the lady who was counseling him on Sunday list up her name is crystal bowman carter those unusual requests included that his wife not be designated as his health care agent should one be needed but that his wife and children be provided for even though the financial controlling was not up to Corey. It was the sister. And his father and his sister were the trustees on the family's behalf. He sought to protect the three yellow sons that he and Corey had together in the long term by ensuring that Corey would never be in a position to manage his property after his death. So, like... The fact that he even set all this up the way that he did, it's like he knew... He knew she was mishandling things. Something was going to happen. And that she was mishandling funds. Right, and that she was just going to run it into the ground and the kids weren't going to be taken care of if it was up to her. Yes. In a phone conversation the day after Eric Richen's death, Bowen Carter explained the trust to his wife and she said that Corey acted like extremely upset. Her behavior led her to believe that she was learning it for the first time. So like I said, as soon as like 
all that went down and it came out that he had that, she lost it. Because she didn't even realize he had done this. No, she just thought, oh, he's dead. I get everything now. I think that was her assumption. Is bitch. I think that was her assumption because she didn't even realize that he had went and done all of this without her knowing. But kudos to him for knowing that. Right. July 2022, a sister had hired a PI to survey and follow Corey. And Corey said the PI would sit outside her house and that like at all hours, whatever, and also questioned neighbors about her and Eric as well. Which, I mean, obviously, he's going to do, he, she, or whoever the person was, was going to do. It's kind of their job. That's their job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Corey also filed documents to have the sister removed as trustee of Eric's trust. And they have been in a legal battle over the trust and estate since Eric reached his death. Okay, well, Corey, I think that, honey, you're going to go to jail and that uh, you're probably not going to get this money. Yeah, probably not. Safe to say no. A spokesperson for the family told NBC News that the PI had been hired to look into Eric's death, which I think is obvious. <laughs> no, and a little needed. And probably needed, yeah. I mean, they're just trying to do what they feel is best because of all the things leading up to his death. Yeah, I mean, if this had come out of the blue, that's one thing, but enough shit had already happened that it was a little suspicious. Let's look to say the least, honestly. Now, in my opinion, and I'm just going to put this out here, Mm -hmm. awful, awful that any of this happened, awful that he is dead but this part really fucking sickens me to the core okay oh i know you're gonna (laughs) say so march of 2023 one year after her husband's death Corey published a book on grief for children dealing with the emotions after a loved one's passing yeah because she was all like you know, I noticed that there's no books out there to teach children how to deal with grief, so I figured I'd just write one myself. Right. Well, okay, you're doing such a great philanthropist here, Corey. Yeah, really uh, getting out there and, you know... Doing the Lord's work. Doing the Lord's work. Yeah, exactly. It's just, this part just makes me so sick, and I saw it, and I just, it, I just can't with it, you know? The book was titled, Are You With Me? and was dedicated to my amazing husband and a wonderful father. I, you know, honestly, this being done, I don't think is is really a possibility, but I think it would be great if the publishing company put out a call for everybody to return their copies of the book that they may have bought and then just completely recall it off the shelves so it can't be purchased anymore because even if it does have good quality material for children somebody else who hasn't murdered someone could probably probably do a a good job also or a better job because this this is just bullshit and it's just completely so bad for the kids because now they've lost their dad to a horrific crime they've lost their mom as being the person who committed the crime and then there's just this permanent fucking reminder of it. Of this book. I know. I think that's just awful, honestly. It just, 
it sickens me to the core. Like I said, it's just so it's it's over the top. This is too much. It's like it, she didn't get enough, so let's yeah. capitalize off of it more by becoming a famous writer and getting copies of my book sold for more money because it's I don't get enough. Like seriously, I know. Like I said, go fall off a bridge. The book's description on Amazon read, it was a book written to create comfort and peace for children who have lost a loved one. In the 41-page book, 41 pages for a children's book? Yes. A boy questions whether his father is with him when he's mad or sad and whether he is with him for special occasions like holidays and birthdays. The father reassures, reassures the boy that he is there for all those moments. Now, another thing that really disturbed me about this is the cover of the book. Okay. Go look it up, y'all. <laughs> look it up because I'm not going to use it as the image for our social media post. She doesn't deserve it. So you're going to have to depicts a man looking very much like Corey's deceased husband. With wings like an angel, in the sky there's like clouds and whatever around him. He's wearing, like, a cap, like, the husband of the war has red hair, like, the husband. It's just, to me, it's so just literally disturbing. Like, you know how serial killers will oftentimes collect trophies of their victims? It, it gives me that vibe. Yeah, it's She's like, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's so creepy. And he's, like I said, he's in the sky with these angel wings watching while a boy is playing soccer. And the book has since been removed from Amazon, but I don't know if there's any other places you can purchase there or what the status of any of that is. I just know that it has been removed from Amazon. Good. That I do know. It just gets, this this whole part just makes me so sick. It gets worse and worse. Then in April of 2023, after the book was written, she did an interview with KTBX TV of Salt Lake City and talked about how her husband died unexpectedly. No, to everyone else. Maybe me, not to you. you let me just tell you, I watched this. She was plated it up. It's awful. I watched like these clips from this and it was just, I could not with any of it. It's just, it's sickening to watch, honestly. She's like, it took us all by shock. My kids and I kind of wrote this book on the different emotions and grieving processes that we experienced last year, hoping that it can kind of help other kids deal with this and find happiness some way or another. Oh, really, Corey? Are there a lot of other kids whose mom <laughs> killed their dad? Yeah. And she talks about how the book uses a concept she came up with called the three C's, connection, continuity, and care. Ugh, I hate her. You know, honestly, this is, to me, this is just the worst part of all of it. It was like rubbing it in your face. Yeah. Corey explained, <clears throat> sorry, that further by saying, it is important that the deceased loved one's spirit is always alive in your home. She's really just nailing it in there, you know? She went on to say how she would tell the boys their dad is still here just in a different way. He wouldn't fucking be a different way if you didn't kill him. Jesus. I know. It's, it, it just blows my mind. 
Her reason for writing the book, she said, was she saw how her children struggled with their father's death and was trying to find a way to help them. You know what? I just... Okay. So the original purpose of prisons... Now, my, my major in college was criminal justice. The original purpose of prisons was more or less rehabilitation, and then they kind of moved into punishment being the main thing and actually here in pennsylvania eastern state penitentiary was like the first prison built specifically for penance of kind of making people feel sorry for what they did yeah for punishing them and so i i like the rehabilitation i prefer it be like that i think a lot of a lot of people that go to prison the focus should be on on rehabilitation you know And, and a lot of them can be rehabilitated, you know, and, and if you can do that, then you have less of a chance of recidivism, right? Yeah. Than going and doing something again. That's what that word means, if you don't know. But, and so I'm not normally one for prison justice, but I hope this lady gets the shit kicked out of her. Oh, yeah. Agree. Wholehearted. And I'm not even one of those people. I'm not normally one of those people. I don't... I don't, I'm not, I don't say that like when child molesters go to prison, I don't think that they deserve to be raped or whatever because they've done that. I mean, but this lady, I mean, a good ass kicking, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Another thing, like you had mentioned before, she had talked about um, trying to find sources and books to read at night to her children during that time and couldn't really find anything. So that's like, supposedly why she wrote this book i don't get fucked or you know it could be to capitalize on the death and and make more money probably not (laughs) i'm also going to be famous now because everybody's going to be talking about this book right you know then they're going to talk about the tragedy that happened to me she was probably thinking you know this is going to end up being a lifelong like she's going to make money off the book she's probably going to end up being an influencer or something and she's going to make money off she, that. i think she thought in her mind she's going to be set mm-hmm. for life i like all of this the station later released an update saying they were unaware Corey had been a suspect in her husband's death when they had her on the ship well kudos to them for that because you know and obviously they didn't or they wouldn't have yeah done that so may around may 9th i did see that it was the 8th in some places and not other places the ninth. so i guess like people don't have their facts all the way straight <laughs> i don't know Corey was arrested on charges of aggravated murder and three counts of possession of a controlled substance with intent to distribute her attorneys have argued that there is no substantial evidence to support the charges, and they have adamantly fought for her to be released. So the fact that there's literal texts from her asking for these... I know, it's ridiculous. ...not enough evidence, and the fact that she had previously poisoned him, and the fact that she bought all these life insurance policies... No, right? Yeah, okay, none of this adds up. Yeah. Even so... Because, I mean, obviously, they, they're they thinking, no, you're wrong. There is enough. There is enough. She's being held without bail while awaiting the trial. Good. I mean, they don't arrest people for murder just willy-nilly. They build yeah. a good bit of solid evidence. Oh, they do. They want to win and get this person behind bars. 
like I said, there have been several hearings over the last couple of months. The next hearing is set for September 1st. So coming up soon, that's coming up soon. That's when we'll find out more things. But during all of these hearings, new details have emerged, and I'm just going to go over some of that now. Okay. One of them is the name of the person known as CL in Corey's phone. It is Carmen Marie Lauber, 51. She is a convicted drug dealer. Great who was being investigated for breaking her court orders from a prior conviction around this time. So a real winner. Yes. And so they picked her up and put her in jail on that whole deal and then got to a point where she confessed to selling Corey the pills on those two separate occasions. She provided details like I had said before, um, she provided details of the pickup and drop-off locations that, and all of that has been corroborated since then by the digital forensic evidence from her phone. And this lady, Carmen, was being used as a housekeeper for her residential real estate business that Corey had. Oh, so that's how they knew each other? Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a thing. And so I know the first time she met her in person, but the second time she dropped, she said she had dropped the pills off in a fire pit in the backyard of this house that Corey was flipping at the time. Okay. The couple had argued over purchasing a $3.7 million home that Corey was saying was the house that they were celebrating closing on the night that he was found deceased. I wonder if the drug dealer knew her intentions or if she was just like, eh, you know, I'm just selling drugs. I honestly don't know if the person did or didn't. I think they probably were just like, I'm getting money. Money. (laughs) That's just my will. That's my way of thinking about that but i don't know and i didn't really there were uh, there was more information on her but i was like that's not really relevant or important so i wasn't gonna dwell on that well i guess she didn't because if the text was about some investor needing in for their back or whatever i guess she wouldn't so i guess she's not like part of you know the scheme other than i don't believe so and from what i understand they And this is another thing that her legal team has argued about is that this girly, they already released her and everything. I think it was like May 17th or something. They have released her because she cooperated with them. She gave them all this information. Yeah, I mean, and and selling drugs is somewhat less of a series. Yeah, and they're, they're saying that she's lying so that she could... They tried to claim that she was lying so that she could get, like, a lighter sentence or whatever for the other shit she had going on. And it's like, no. Yeah, I don't think so. They did, like I said, they did release her, and then she's supposed to be going to some type of 
rehab, whatever, you know what I mean, what people do when they are in these situations and they're supposed to be getting clean and all that. Yeah. So, like I said, it had also come out that they had argued over the purchase of this huge, elaborate $3.7 million home that Corey had say is the house that they were celebrating that night when she gave him that drink. The problem is they didn't. she didn't actually close on it till the very next day. She signed those papers alone closing on that home mm-hmm. because according to his family and, and other people, he refused to pay such a crazy amount. So he died and she closed the next day. The very next day. She just was still like, well, closing's today. Yeah, she she signed the papers. Wow, on that house the very next day. Wow, it gets worse though. Honestly, <laughs> how is cold can you be? Yeah, it had come out that it would have cost them two million in down payment plus renovations to flip the house, and like I said, he refused. They had argued about it because he was like, "No, that's too much." Mm-hmm. I've seen photos of the home. One of the articles that I had used for purposes of this podcast, they had pictures of it. It was basically like bare bones. People had started it and then didn't finish it. Is basically what happened. Whoever was originally building it had started it and then not finished it. No. It was like your basic like structure and then all the layout, but like it was like enormous, and there was going to be so many rooms and so much extras, you know what I mean? All the things, you know, fireplaces, all the things, all the nice things. It would have taken a lot to finish it, though, because, like I said, it was, like, literally just the basic structure. Right. And then they just left it there. And I guess people in the neighborhood were calling it an eyesore also, which is really not relevant, but Whatever. Like I said, she closed on the property that next day alone and had a party with friends to drink and celebrate. Oh. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah. There There are also allegations of possible forged financial documents. There are three specific documents that are in question, and they were examined by a forensic document examiner, and he stated they appear to be forged. Okay. The forgeries in this case are what they call simulated forgeries. That is when someone tries to copy, draw, or duplicate another person's characteristics and habits and tries to create a fraudulent signature or set of initials with enough similarities that they might be passed off as genuine. So a Dorothea Puente move. Yeah. Now, this is just like a preview of things that may be presented in the trial. None of this is really like, it's just like evidence that they're gathering or whatever. Like I said, it hasn't went to trial yet, so we don't know. This is just like a precursor of everything. Mm -hmm. We'll see what comes out about this later. It also has come out that there were incriminating internet searches on Corey Richens' iPhone. Wait till you hear the... Oh, God. How to kill husband. And it's like... How to make fentanyl. What I don't understand is how can her attorneys argue that there's not enough evidence 
I mean, that's their job. That's what they're being paid I mean, to say. true, but like, wait till I tell you these searches in her phone. Can cops force you to take a lie detector test? This bitch. <laughs> a death certificate says pending. Will life insurance still pay? Jeez. If someone is poisoned, what does it go down on the death certificate? Aren't you fucking kidding me? She actually Googled about poison and then they want to say that it wasn't her. Come on. Okay, this lady's definite. She's done. She's, I'm sorry. If anybody finds her not guilty, they're insane. How to permanently delete information from an iPhone remotely. Guess she didn't learn it. <laughs> but also apparently searched up luxury pris prisons for rich people in America. Are you fucking serious? I was like, how could you be so fucking entitled, honestly? Like, and, then, and she's got three little boys. What a piece of shit. The most, the largest one that I'm sorry, but how can you argue with this, was what is a lethal dose of fentanyl? Or I'm like, you know what? Just it, come on. She's guilty. Do we even need a trial? Throw the bitch in jail. I'm not a luxury one for rich people. Honestly. That is... That is where I stand also. I, I mean, people make your own opinions or whatever, but that's where I stand also. And I will, I will leave you with this. I have a victim impact statement from Eric Richens, other sister. Her name's Amy Richens. This was at a hearing in early June. Okay. Eric died under horrendous circumstances. I am tormented at the thought of what he endured. I play it out in my head. I go through the terrible sequence of events. I wonder when he realized he was in mortal danger. I wonder what Corey may have said to him in his last moments. We have watched as Corey has paraded around, portraying himself as a grieving widow and victim while trying to profit from the death of my brother. So... We know where his family stands. I don't know where everyone else stands after our I mean, I've made my information out there. Obviously, I can't say for sure she's guilty, and I can't say, you know, I know something for fact. So, yeah, keep in mind. My opinion, though, is that these are our opinions. I mean, I agree. I don't know how you could hear on that form any other opinion, but I guess you could. But my opinion, she's guilty. We're away. The key, lock her up, throw away the key. Honestly, I agree. And it's sad because there's three little boys now that And hopefully one of no parents will take in the boys and they'll have, you know hopefully they live better lives. I don't know lives after this that, that they can get, you know, help for their trauma that they've endured and go on to live somewhat decent lives. I just hope that none of these children that they go to school with have heard about this book because honestly I feel like I just couldn't imagine do you know what I mean like a kid coming to school and being like your mom wrote this book yeah you know what I mean and then it's found out that she's like convicted I'm not saying she's gonna be convicted but yeah what if she is yeah. you know we don't know what's happening yet, but I'm just saying, you know, I just couldn't imagine, like, having to deal with the repercussions of all of this and be, like, a young child like that. Yeah.
that's that's awful that's that's why i was saying i hope that they get you know some health and to to get through this because it's extremely traumatic and all of this over money right like that's and you already had money that's the thing that paid money off and that's the other thing i'm like what literally when i was reading all that i'm like what an entitled bitch especially the part where she's looking up luxury prisons yeah do you think that's a thing? Do you think you're going to go to London? You're not to go to where a luxury. Where you think you're going to go? You're you're the worst kind of of prisoner. You're a murderer. Like that's top tier. <laughs> not getting a good deal. Also, I feel like if if she does end up going to prison, they're going to eat her alive. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how it would go because it's. I mean. Depending on how the other inmates feel about the story, she may end up being one of those people that gets stuck in in uh, solitary, solitary for her own protection. But that's you know that's another kind of hell because that can just drive you insane to just be alone with your thoughts all the time. But you know what? She kind of deserves that. This is true. This is true. Yes. So, as we always say. If it seems too good to be true, it is. And if you want to find us on our socials, Facebook, Too Good To Be True Podcast, Instagram and TikTok, Too Good To Be True Pod. If you'd like to send us an email, it's Too Good To Be True Pod at Outlook.com. You can also send in a voice note or monetarily support us. All of those things are listed in our show notes. And there's also like a little link that you can click on to quickly and easily access all of our socials without having to go look for us. So right. there's a new addition. We do have a Reddit page now. And if you're not too into Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, you just want to do Reddit. If you want to remain anonymous, you know, we have that too. I just set it up. And it's T-G-T. B T underscore podcast. I think I, I think I said those letters right. Whatever, whatever the uh, the thing who came for be true. Because <laughs> I the acronym is ridiculous. Hell, getting it set up, and I had to go through a bunch of different names, and they kept banning it for stupid ass reasons, and it just it was difficult. But it's up there, and it's like I said, all of them are linked in that one clickable thing to find all of our socials in one place. Right. It's a nice new option to have because you can remain anonymous. So. Which doesn't mean you can go bully us because I yeah, please don't it and I will just do <laughs> that shit. But if you, you want to actually talk about the cases and stuff, it's a good place. Yeah, I'm dying for somebody to uh, talk about their feelings on some of these cases. I would like to hear some people's thoughts. But... Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about us or the podcast. You could just talk about the cases. Yeah. You know? But anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Also, I had a rough weekend with Lil Blondie. She lives a wild Saturday night to the point where I just put her in the bathroom around 
10 or so. I was like, hey, we're on a bed. You are being loud. You're just going to go in the bathroom and it's just going to help both of us. So I put her in there. Sunday morning, I wake up. She's just as rowdy. She came out of the bathroom Sunday morning. I heard like got rat, little bat out of hell. <laughs> and she's running around, jumping on things, playing her little body off of stuff, climbing shit, like doing her usual antics. And I'm just trying to do things that need to be done. <laughs> like cleaning the bathroom and vacuuming the floor and doing other stuff. And I finally finished everything I had to do. So I went and I poured myself a cup of iced coffee. Take it in the room. I grab my mail, put the mail and the iced coffee down on the desk. Next thing I know, her little ass jumps up, knocks coffee down everywhere. It splashed everywhere. It was on the wall. It was on the windowsill. It was on the blinds. It was coating the entire desk. It was coming down the back of the desk, dripping onto the heating and AC unit. And luckily, it didn't actually get into anything in the unit. It just was pulling on the like the base of it and it took forever me trying to have one peaceful moment of coffee turned into 20 more minutes cleaning which i found out that that peel and stick i put on top of the desk and doesn't stain found that out so that's good that's good but i wish i didn't have to find that out i got all that cleaned up poured myself another cup of coffee Kicked her out for a bit. I threw her out of the room. I was like, I can't with you. Because when I went to go get the cleaning supplies to clean it up, she tried to jump in the cupboard. Oh, I was like, I can't. You're in the way too much. Just get the fuck out of here. Get it. Put her in the hallway. Close the door. You just get my other cup of coffee. Set it down. I go out to get her. She's just sprinting up and down the hallway. Just full on, fast as she can go. Like, moving so fast that she's actually stuck in place at points, like, because the floor is too slippery, so she can't actually move. So she's doing that she's thing, like that cartoon that whatever they're running, saying about me, whatnots. So finally, she looks at me, and I look at her, and I said, are you done being an asshole? And she goes, oh my god. And I'm like, you know, thank god the walls in this place are built decently because i couldn't imagine hearing the neighbors like going are you still an asshole and then hearing a cat answer them <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, what is going on <laughs> <laughs>